The MMA on the Rocks podcast is intended for adult audiences and does contain some explicit content. So if you are not an adult, please make sure your parents do not know you are listening to this and do not repeat anything you hear on this show in front of them. Also a reminder that even if you fight recklessly, please remember to drink responsibly. Now that we have that out of the way, let's get to the show. Welcome to MMA on the Rocks. My name is Bill Welker. You are listening to episode 195 of the podcast. Are you joining us live here on Facebook or YouTube today? Sunday, June 14th. We're coming off of the most over-delivering card, I think, maybe in UFC history. And that's UFC on ESPN 10, headlined by Flyweights, Jessica I and Cynthia Calvillo. Before we get into all that and much more. Let me introduce my co-host, all the way from sunny New Jersey, Jeff, the Animal Wilson. Jeff, how you feeling on this early Sunday afternoon, my friend? Well, I feel good. Got to go to the beach yesterday for the first time in a couple of years because I hadn't gone the last couple of summers, so it was nice. Bill, what'd you get into this weekend? Trying to get tan as me, huh, kid? That's the plan. <laughs> um. We um we were hanging out mostly. Um, went to a friend's pool on Friday. Took the kiddo swimming. Uh, this morning we went for a nice like eight mile bike ride. Some local trails. Um, you know the kid likes to kid likes to ride the bike. So you know I throw her on the front of the bike and there there's some nice trails around here. Went went for a little ride this morning. Worked up a sweat and. Uh, you know, ready to just kind of chill the rest of the day, do a little barbecue in the backyard and maybe watch a movie or something, keep it low-key, you know? Sounds like a plan. Yeah, you know, just trying to just trying to get by in this uh this crazy world. A lot of a lot of wild stuff going on, Jeff. Have, have you seen the the Dave Chappelle special that he released a couple of days ago? Yeah, yeah. Um yeah, he uh, he hit some nerves, man. It was, it was, it, you know, to see a celebrity be so honest and, um, you know, not to sugarcoat anything. You know, that's all. That's Dave Chappelle in a nutshell. You know, um, you know, he left Hollywood for a few years. He had his reasons, so you know, it, it's good to hear from him. I I thought it was so powerful. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot of people have mixed feelings about Dave Chappelle. He rubs a lot of people the wrong way, but um, I think if he took that special for what it was and just his feelings about, you know, the aftermath of George Floyd's murder, um, it, it was really powerful stuff. He's a super articulate guy. He even found ways to, to insert comedy into it. You know, yeah. it wasn't a comedy routine, uh, but he, he had spots where it was funny and it worked and it wasn't forced. Um, the, the guy's a genius, but the, just, you know, the way that he put everything and, and, you know, how talking about how people sometimes feel pressured into saying things uh, about what's going on. Um, you know, I, I, I felt a little bit of it myself because, you know, we have this platform here and, and this is what's going on in the world. You, you know, there are cities burning to the ground. Uh, you know, we should talk about it, but you know, are we the most qualified people to talk about it? No. <laughs> not at all um but i i guess it, it then if you don't say anything you're wrong too it's like you're damned if you do damned if you don't uh in this society and um i just thought he nailed it so you know if anybody's you know keeping track of of all the craziness going on in the world um i i highly recommend checking out that dave Chappelle special it was um he, he really put a lot of things into perspective and and put some twists on things in ways that I hadn't thought about before. Um, and, it, and it was cool, man. And, you know, I'll just, I'll just say this about the whole situation. I, I think everything comes down to intent, right? So if you're intending to do good with the things you want to say or the things you don't want to say, then that's cool. You know, as long as we're all on the same page, that that cop in Minneapolis is human garbage and deserves to rot the rest of his life 
in prison. I hope he's on suicide watch for every single day of it because I don't want him taking the easy way out. And however you kind of cope with the situation it is fine. You know, you want to put a black box on Instagram. You want to make a donation to Black Lives Matter um, or or some other organization that you know is reputable and, and the funds are going to, to help the right causes. Um, you know, if that's what you feel is right and your intent is to do good, then you're doing good. Um, you, you know, I think a lot of people are, are too quick to judge uh, reactions and there's a lot of knee jerking going on and, and, uh, you know, a lot of soapboxing on the social media, which is why I kind of distance myself from that a little bit. I do social media distancing as well as uh, social distancing, Jeff. I think it's healthy for the mind. You know, social distancing is healthy for the body. The social media distancing is healthy for the mind. Um, but that's that, man. I'll, I'll, I'll just leave it at that and, and just be good to each other out there, um, you know, no matter what your background is or where you come from. In, in any case... I know I don't have to tell any of you listening to this podcast all of this because you're probably all good people. We're just here to talk about some fights and some drinks. So let's do that. Uh, UFC on ESPN 10, Jeff. It, it, possibly the most over-delivered card ever. And there are so many people, and I don't know what happened to all of them. I hope they're somewhere eating their words, saying that this is the worst UFC card ever put together. Uh, and they're not going to watch it and this and that three fights in Jeff. It took three minutes for us to get three finishes. They had an hour of, of dead air to fill, uh, before they put on them, Rob Devalish Philly fight. Um, I don't know. What do you think? But most, most over delivered card ever. I'd, I'd say it's in the conversation. Yeah. I, I gotta agree with you, man, dude. There was not a boring fight on this card. You know, the decisions were awesome. The decisions were back and forth. A couple of split decisions in here. Um, the finishes were great. It, this card had everything, man. Um, all it needed was a crowd to be perfect. Yeah. Um, it, some of these fights would have benefited from a crowd. I agree. Um, but so much action. If you guys are just listening to the podcast and you didn't watch these fights, uh, you're, you're going to want to go back and watch some of them. Uh if not all of them, I, I can make a case that you should watch every fight on this card. It was a spectacular card, top to bottom. And you could even do this card in reverse if you wanted to. It would still kind of make sense um, because, <laughs> you know, it didn't have that star power to it where that would, you know, get the average person to tune in. But I think this is the perfect time to do that, Jeff. This is how you build new stars. You know, because there's no other live sports on. So people tune in. I don't really know any of these people, but it's UFC. It's got to be okay. And then you get a card that delivers like this. I mean, hats off to the matchmakers here. Uh, Mick Maynard, Sean Shelby. Fantastic job pairing up these fighters. I think maybe the smaller cage has something to do with it too because there's not as much room to run. So for those who don't know, the UFC has been hosting these events at the Apex, and um, which is basically – their their giant performance center where they have training facilities and everything like that for the athletes and the the cage is is 25 feet across whereas their normal pay-per-view cage would be 30 feet across um so that's a big difference that's a lot of square footage that the fighters are missing out on so it kind of forces them to be in close quarters and and engage a little bit more uh let's start off with this main event of course we have to talk about jessica i missing weight again um and you might look at it and say, like, oh, it's only by a quarter of a pound. Um, but it it's pass or fail. It's did you make weight or did you not? And you're even given a one-pound allowance. And she was a quarter pound over that one-pound allowance. And then for those of you thinking, oh, well, it's just another quarter of a pound. Couldn't she just cut that? Um, I, I I challenge you to, to go out and lose 10 pounds right now. And it's difficult it is to lose another quarter of a pound um because the first couple of pounds will come off pretty easily it's all water weight that you know you it it's like when you're wringing water out of a out of a fully saturated sponge yeah it's easy to get a lot of it out but then after a while you're ringing and ringing and ringing and there's still water in that sponge but you got to squeeze harder and harder and harder to get every drop out um so coming down to that last quarter of a pound, it probably felt like five more pounds. Um, but in any case, it, it was disappointing because Jessica I, someone who 
has been very vocal in the past about fighters missing weight. And, um, you know, she comes in a quarter pounder over. Uh, so give me your thoughts on that before we, uh, before we move on, talk about the fight, Jeff. Yeah, I'm disappointed, dude. Um, a, a lot of the fighters on last week's card missed weight too. I was very upset at that. Uh, you know, at at some point you kind of have to take into consideration the the whole pandemic and maybe getting food or certain types of food is more difficult. But at the same time, you know, these guys are professionals. So, uh, you know, I'm disappointed. I felt like uh, Jessica I needs to go back to band weight. Uh, this isn't the first time she misses weight at, at flyweight, but Bill, take nothing away from Cynthia Calvio's performance here. She looked like a complete stud in there. And shout out to Alexander Al, greeting us from New Jersey. <laughs> What's up, Alex? Uh, yeah, man. Cynthia Calvillo looked phenomenal last night. Her boxing and counter striking was really crisp. Uh, you know, she was touching Jessica I up who everybody assumed she would have the advantage on the feet. And then when it got to the ground, man, her, her back control was really something special because she would get really high up on the back where a lot of people would get shaken off and she would just kind of like shimmy down and readjust and use her feet as hooks, uh, to get behind Jessica's knees and kind of pull herself back down and maintain that control. I would love to see a statistics on, on how long she had control of Jessica's back uh, throughout the course of this fight. But um, pretty easy one for the judges. Uh, un uh, unanimous decision. And, um, you know, I scored it exactly the same way as most of the judges. I gave the first round to Jessica I, yep. and then it, it seemed like she just lost the wind out of her sails. And it was all Cynthia Calvillo from from there on out. Uh, I thought she looked great. I think flyweight is the place for her. She said she was sucking herself out too much to make 115. So um, the, the future is bright for Cynthia Calvillo. Um, yeah. Caitlin Chukagan calling her out at the end of the fight. I love that fight. Um, I, I got to imagine this will be just guys last fight in the UFC, at least for a while. Um, you know, she was having a, you know, kind of hot and cold streak and then, you know, missing the weight and losing the fight, you know, missing the weight when she's given this opportunity for a main event that a, a majority of hardcore fans were very vocal about the fact that she did not deserve, um, you, you know, it, it's not looking good for Jessica. I, but, uh, bright future for Cynthia Calvillo. What, what, do, what would you like to see from her next, Jeff? Dude, I'd love to see her take on Caitlin Chukagian. I think that's a good fight to make right now. You know, both of them are kind of on hot streaks. And credit to Cynthia Calvillo, dude. Um, this was her first five-round fight, and she looked great um, in all five rounds. You know, I, mm -hmm. like, we, like you said, uh, I felt like she struggled a little bit in that first round. But, um, you know, credit to her because every round after that she looked great you know was initiating the takedowns was controlling the fight from there on so you know huge credit to Cynthia Calvio um Caitlin Chukagian you know tough in her own right as well I'd definitely like to see that um but Bill what do you do with Cynthia Calvio she just took out the number one fighter in the division you make her fight Caitlin Chukagian I don't think she's ready for that Shevchenko fight just yet um so I think, yeah, maybe they kind of square off. I don't know what you do with Valentina Shevchenko. I think that's a bigger problem because uh, here you have Calvillo took out the number one contender, um, but I don't think she's ready for that Shevchenko fight just yet. I would like to see her get one more. I, I think Calvillo and Tukagin could be a main event, make that another five-rounder, um, and then we'll see. Uh, we'll see what, what goes on from there. Um, and this is also, this card is the first time I think I can ever remember Jeff, that we had a fighter in the main event and a fighter in the co-main event who missed weight. I can't remember this ever happening. Can you? No, no, not at all. And dude, I was more disappointed with Carl Roberson, dude. He is in the next weight class. He, he was fighting at light heavyweight yesterday. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, you know, I don't know what happened. He has some kind of medical condition where he missed weight a couple weeks ago. It, this fight was supposed to happen a few weeks ago, and then he comes back. To, the fight gets rescheduled after Marvin Vittori, it, you know, like tries to assault him in a hotel lobby, uh, and <laughs> then he misses weight by even more again this time. 
and it, and it really kind of looked like he didn't want to be in there. Now, Carl Robertson, I've, I've been high on him, uh, you know, since he came off the contender series, you know, this Jeff, um, I, I've been one of his biggest advocates, really great kickboxer, really strong dude, gr- usually very good takedown defense. Uh, he's got those nasty elbows that'll hit you with. If you hold on to a single leg too long and, uh, yeah, so even more rare than, than having two fighters from the, the main and co-main event miss weight, the two fighters who miss weight lost, which is, which is a very rare thing. Because if you look at the statistics from last year, I think fighters who missed weight on main cards were like nine and one or something yeah. ridiculous like that. You, you know, it's, it's sanctioned cheating as Dominic Cruz puts it. But here we had two fighters miss weight. Uh, those two fighters were both the favorites in their spite in their fights respectively, I think. And they both lost Marvin Vittori, man. Uh, I, I hate to, I hate to talk well about a guy who does two of my biggest pet peeves, Jeff missing weight and, and getting into fights outside of the octagon. You know, I don't like that kind of behavior. I like when these guys act professional, uh, you know, the sports ha- had to come a long way to convince a lot of people that it's not barbaric. Uh, and then guys doing dumb shit like like trying to fight in a hotel lobby when everybody is walking around with a video camera in their pocket, um, you know, doesn't do much for that. But his performance inside the cage, Jeff, you know, put all his emotions aside for all as angry as he was at Carl Robertson and just went to work, man. Uh, he, he stood with him a little bit and then got him to the ground twice. And that second time, it, it seemed like Robertson didn't didn't have the will to fight. Um Give me your thoughts on this victory by Marvin Vittori here, Jeff. Yeah, dude, I've been, you know, I've been high on Marvin Vittori for a little bit now. And, dude, he looked great in there. His striking was good. Uh, ground game was looking fantastic. And, Bill, um, you know, Marvin Vittori at the stare downs said to Carl Roberson, you already lost. The weight cut beat you, uh, which which I thought spoke volumes. I was like, man, you know, he, he kind of got him there and, you know, missed weight twice, missed weight uh, when they were supposed to fight last time, too. So Marvin Vittori, you know, a very, very angry man in there. And, you know, credit to him for being calm, being collected. It looked like he was going to punch himself out a little bit in that first round when he got Roberson to the ground. Mm-hmm. Um, but able to, you know, keep his emotions in check and got a very nice rear naked choke finish. So good for him. Yeah, man. And I, as much as I hate the antics with the the hotel room and the missing weight and everything, it's probably what Marvin Vittori needed because he's been flying under the radar, just kind of getting in there and, you know, grabbing his lunchbox and going to work in the cage and, and quietly racking up victories also had a really close fight with Israel Adesanya just two years ago where he lost a a razor thin split decision to him. Uh, And then before that he had a draw with Omari Akhmedov. That was a really close fight too. Um, So he's obviously, you know, championship caliber. I think he just needed to find a way to get some more eyes on him. Um, I know Ian Heinish has a fight booked, but, uh, coming up soon, but these guys are having quick turnarounds right now with the pandemic and everything. That's a matchup. I want to see Jeff Ian Heinish and Marvin Vittori. I think that'd be a fun fight. What do you think? Yeah. Yeah. I think somebody, I I don't think that fight goes more than two rounds. That's a really fun fight, but um, I don't know, man, I'd I'd be a little bit worried if our Marvin Vittori, even uh, I mean, Ian Heinish is no walk in the park, man. Uh, But at the same time, you know, Vittori definitely deserves a crack at the top 15. Uh, Mm -hmm. Just most recently had a win over Cesar Mutante, who is a very, very tough guy in this middleweight division. So, you know, Vittori, he can mix it up really well. So I'd like to see how he approaches the power that Ian Hainish brings into the octagon. Yeah, yeah, I think that'd be a really fun fight. And Vittori considers himself more of a striker, and majority of UFC wins have come by a submission. Um, so that's a fun one. Uh, moving on down the line here, we had uh, two close split decisions in a row. Charles Rosa getting the nod over Kevin Aguilar. Uh, Charles Rosa with a quick turnaround um, after his his fight with uh, Bryce Davis a couple of weeks ago. Um, oh, Bryce Mitchell, sorry. Um, where he found himself in a twister for like seven and a half minutes. Um, 
but yeah, this one was close. I, I think it was one apiece going into the third. Um, you know, both guys had their spots in this fight and, and Rosa just kind of edged it away. I didn't have a problem with the decision. Did you? Yeah, no, it looked like it went the right way. Uh, you know, good, good for Charles Rosa. He looked like he went in there with the right game plan. Uh, the first round looked like it wasn't going his way, but he definitely picked up the pace in rounds two and three. Yeah, man. And then, um, the, the fight of the night for me, Andre Feely and Charles Jordan, um, uh, th this fight was so back and forth. Um, it, it was really close, but I think Feely really ran away with it. Um, you know, the grappling w was huge. Um, you know, Jordan is, is a little bit lost on the ground and it showed. And then, you know, where he was supposed to have a huge advantage on the feet, you know, Feely was hanging with him there too. Uh, so I think this decision went the right way as well, but it, it was a really close fight. It was a really fun one. Um, I, I would look forward to seeing both of these guys fighting in. Yeah. Credit to Andre Feely, man. Cause that was a tough first round for him. He got dropped hard by a left hand from mm -hmm. Jordan here. So, you know, I thought he was going to struggle a little bit, but he definitely came back in the second and third using the takedowns, using the ground game really well. Uh, so yeah, that was a very fun fight. I'd love to see his guys mix it up again in the future. Yeah, and how fitting was it the week before Father's Day? We had the the battle for the best like dad joke nickname with Andre Touchy Feely and Charles Air Jordan. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Sorry, bro. <laughs> I I can't get on board with either of these nicknames, man. <laughs> they're both so terrible. They really are, but at the same time, they're so great. Like he's. He's Canadian, and he's Air Jordan. <laughs> I guess. I mean, at least he can fight well. <laughs> <laughs> um, Jordan Espinoza, a little less of a, a close fight, uh, looking really good against uh, Mark De La Rosa. Uh, Espinosa, right away, right out of the gate, was, was working that jab that was lightning fast, and he was just sticking it in De La Rosa's face over and over again um i thought he looked good in this fight um but i don't i don't have a whole lot else to say about it do you yeah i was actually really impressed with espinoza um for me bill actually i thought this would be fight of the night at the end of it but um jordan espinoza just doing a great job of using wrestling in reverse uh because mark de la rosa was shooting in for those takedowns up against the cage and espinoza was dropping elbows you know reminding me of when dan henderson fought uh hector lombard and you know i you were i, I was a little nervous i actually thought he might knock out de la rosa with some of those elbows because mm -hmm. uh uh, he he kind of had to take a knee for a second, like reset for the shot. Um, so I thought, you know, Jordan Espinoza, you know, using that grappling in reverse, I thought that was a genius move. He looked really, really good in there. Uh, you know, I'm glad that he got the win because he had he was coming off of a few losses. So definitely needed a win. Uh, so good for Jordan Espinoza. You know, they both looked uh, great. It was a really, really fun fight. Definitely go back and watch this one if you missed it. Yeah, for sure. It was a really fun fight. I don't like... I don't like giving a lot of technical criticism. I, I try to keep everything positive, but one thing I do say fairly consistently is don't hold on to a single leg too long in MMA because both of your hands are tied up and you have nothing to defend your face. Um, so if you can't finish that single leg immediately, you need to transition to something else or let it go um, because you're just too vulnerable in that position. You can't just... You know, it's not like a wrestling match where if you if you grab a leg, you hold on to that fucking thing, um, you know, so your opponent can't be scoring points against you. But in a fight, it's a different story. You're leaving yourself too open um, to, to take a lot of damage. Uh, and it's really dangerous when you're unable to defend yourself. So, you know, I'm sure he'll he'll learn from this and and hopefully not do that anymore. But that that's something I'm a big advocate of. All right, Maria Agapova just annihilated Hannah Cyphers. Um, this was a super impressive performance here uh, from the young lady from Kazakhstan. Uh, finished with a rear naked choke, 2 minutes 42 seconds of the very first round. Uh, give me your thoughts on the Kazakhstanian? Kazakhstanian? Yeah, I don't know how how you would say Kazakhstanite. Kazakh 
Kazakhstani. I don't know. But Bill, um, Maria Agapova is a scary, scary fighter, man. Um, her striking looked great, you know, able to use her length really well against Hannah Cyphers. And then, you know, after dominating her on the feet, uh, chokes her out for the win. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, this fight was another quick finish under three minutes. Um, Dude, and Agapova's got those crazy eyes, man. Like she, she, you know, she loves this stuff, man. And you know, I'm excited to see her in there again. There, there's something about her, Bill. I don't know what it is, but there's something about the cut of her jib that it just makes her fun to watch. Um, even in the post-fight interview, you can see she was getting all excited talking about it. Mm-hmm. Like that's what you love to see, man. So good for her. I, I can't wait to see what's next for her in this division. Yeah. It- it's going to be really fun to see. Of course, she came through Dana White's contender series, lost on there, but then came back to have two uh, big finishes in Invicta. And, you know, lo and behold, the UFC needs fighters uh, during these pandemic times. So whoever's willing to step up, um, you know, right place, right time for Maria Agapova. Not only did she seize that opportunity, she capitalized on it. Uh, by by having a really impressive performance against a tough Hannah Cyphers. Uh, you know, she's no walk in the park for anybody. All right. Uh, last minute on top of last minute on top of very last minute. So Marab Devalishvili is in Vegas for Aljamain Sterling's fight. And uh, they were talking to their managers and saying, you know, Marab hasn't had a fight in a while. He's ready to go. Oh, if he's ready to go, does he want to fight next week? Sure. Does he want to fight Ray Borg? Sure. So they booked that. That's good to go. Of course, Ray Borg, unfortunately, his son has in severe medical problems where he has a, a shunt installed. Um, it, I'm not sure where it is exactly, and I'm, I'm not too savvy with the medical terms. Um, but basically, he has a condition where he could need emergency surgery at any time. Um, those of you who follow Ray Borg's career know that he he's been through heartbreaking situations with his son uh, since he was born. And I guess they had a little bit of a scare. Luckily he was fine. He didn't need the emergency surgery, but of course he has to go home to be with his son. Everybody understands, including Marab. He was a total gentleman about it. So we get uh, Gustavo Lopez to make his UFC debut came out of, came out of the woodwork. Um, they, they had to do this at a cut uh, catch weight and he still had to cut 17 pounds in two days, I think. And uh, Marab went in there and, and just put on a fucking wrestling clinic against this kid, Jeff. I I can't stress how impressive it was. 13 takedowns in 15 minutes. That's almost a takedown a minute. <laughs> like, for anybody who's ever wrestled, like, try doing 13 takedowns, like, with somebody giving you no resistance. <laughs> Now try attempting 24 takedowns and hitting 13 of them within 15 minutes and tell me how exhausted you are, uh, especially like during a pandemic when that, you know, he doesn't have his, his regular training regimen and his regular training partners and everything like that. Uh, they call this guy the machine and for good fucking reason, Jeff, I mean, th- it is so impressive what this guy is able to do. Um, a clear dominant victory. I thought it was a clear 10-8 round. A lot of you on Twitter disagreed with me. Clear 10-8 in the second round. I don't see how you give anything but a 10-8. Uh, he mauled him. He controlled him from the top. Outlanded him like 60-1 to with significant strikes. Nearly submitted him with that nasty neck crank arm bar hybrid that he had. Um I don't know what your guys' criteria is for a 10-8 round, uh, but it must be like near death. And and some of your arguments were, oh, but he he had some success at the end of the round. Like he got he got completely mauled <laughs> for four and a half minutes, and then he threw a couple of punches in the last 20 seconds of the round. It's still a 10-8 round. Um, and, and two of the judges agree. One judge even gave two 10-8 rounds. Uh, which I can see the argument for. I don't necessarily agree with that, but definitely a 10-8 in a second. Give me your thoughts on Marab here, Jeff, and even the thoughts on Gustavo Lopez stepping up to get in there with this guy that nobody in the top 15 wants to fight. Uh, He's clearly being ducked by a lot of guys, uh, and he did it on two days' notice. 
Yeah, dude. Credit to Gustavo Lopez for for taking this fight, man. Bill, I told you, I I'm loving these fighters from Georgia that we got in the UFC, man. Marab Valishvili, so tough, so much cardio uh, to be able to do, to do all that wrestling in three rounds and land all those takedowns, dude. Um, he looked flawless in there. He looked mm-hmm. like um that weight class is version of Khabib Nurmagomedov uh he just dude um you know nobody's lining up to fight Marav Valshvili you know I can't say enough good things about this guy I've been riding his coattails I've been on his hype train for a little bit now and listen I get excited every time I hear his name uh on a fight card um he's not somebody who puts on boring fights he's somebody who's gonna put his um put his foot on the gas pedal and not let up for five rounds for three rounds um you know i'd like to see him go for five rounds see if he can keep it up for five rounds um so good for him dude he you know always puts on an exciting fight yeah well from what i hear and i've heard some you know firsthand stories from how he is in the gym he'll spar 10 rounds and then they'll try and tell him to rest or something and then they'll find him like over on the heavy bag or something like the guy just he has one speed and that's go and that's all he knows um you know he's just an absolute savage so much fun to watch i can understand why guys don't want to get in there with him because it's not like anybody's scared but it it's like if there's a guy you don't want to fight it's the guy that's not going to go away for 15 minutes and it's a guy that's going to try and push your face into the mat and bully you for 15 minutes. Um, you know, it, it it's a little, it, I feel like it's a little more acceptable if you're going to fight somebody like, Oh, this guy might be able to knock me out, but then you kind of game plan for it. You can't game plan for somebody that's just going to be a Tasmanian devil in there from bell to bell. Uh, and, and you have to shut their lights off uh to to be able to to make them stop and nobody's been able to do that yet that's a good metaphor for him tasmanian devil that yeah. that that's him in a nutshell yeah the jordanian devil <laughs> <laughs> that see there we go that's a good fighter nickname Bill. all right we're changing i'm calling ray longo as soon as we get off the <laughs> ray if you're listening we're going to change marab's nickname to the jordanian devil <laughs> I like it. Um, all right, Jeff, the first three fights on the card, I'm going to give you a quick breakdown. You know how we do. And, uh, you tell me which one impressed you the most, all of them. I, I mean, flip a a three headed coin for all I care, but Julia Avila, uh, 22 second knockout of Gina Mazzani is like, as soon as Avila got touched by Mazzani, she just went berserk and just, annihilated Mazzani got her up against the cage and was just dropping bombs. Tyson Nam with a beautiful one punch knockout over uh Zaruk Adesev, um, 32 seconds into the first round. He dips his head to the left off the center line and follows up with a right hand that was just perfectly placed. Um, and as he dipped, he never took his eyes off his target. Um, you know, much like we saw with, like that precision knockout from Sean O'Malley last week um, with with Cody Garbrandt when he dipped down, uh, you know, kept his eyes right where he wanted to throw the punch. And and that's how you throw accurate punches. Um, Easier said than done, of course, but Tyson Nam making that uh, knockout look beautiful highlight reel for him. And then followed up with, with like a flying uh, Dan Henderson (laughs) fist from hell. Uh, And then uh, Christian Aguilera, um, with a 59-second TKO over Anthony Ivey in the first fight of the night. So three fights in under three minutes, Jeff, well under three minutes. Uh, who impressed you the most here? Bill, first off, I just want to say all three of these fights combined were under two minutes. Uh, so super exciting start to this card. Um, I knew it was going to be a good night, but for me, out of those three, I got to give it to Tyson Nam, dude. Um you know, he went in there and just smashed Adeshev with that right hand. And then, like you said, that Dan Henderson follow-up, you know, it, it was not necessary, but it was fun to watch. So, you know, if you can only watch one of these, I personally say go watch all three. But if I got to pick one, got to give it to Tyson. Um, yeah, I, I mean, it was definitely the cleanest, um, you know, technique-wise and uh 
and power wise, you know, with the one punch knockout. Um, Avila, I thought was really impressive though, because she went, to, she went full, what do they call her? Raging Panda. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She, she is nuts and I like it. Yeah, man. She, she had a bit of the crazy eyes at the beginning of this fight. Um, and, and it worked out well for her, you know, probably the kind of girl that'll key your car and stuff. <laughs> you, oh yeah. If you mess around and do the wrong thing. But, um, you know, th those qualities are good for a cage fighter. <laughs> um, overall, I, th the last thing I want to go over with this card, uh, bonuses, they didn't do a fight of the night bonus. Instead, they did four performance of the night bonuses. They went to Marvin Vittori, Maria Agapova, Tyson Nam, and, uh, Christian Aguilera. I, I don't know that I necessarily agree that that's who they should have gone to, but I, I can't make an argument that those people didn't deserve them. Um, did you see, uh, anyone different that was deserving Jeff? No, I, uh, hold on. Let me just go back a sec here. Uh, cause I think I would have given a bonus to, uh, to Avila if it was me. Um, and maybe one, two, Nah, I think I think I would have just given one to her, um, you know, since there was no fight of the night. But if I had to pick one, it, for me, it would have been Espinosa versus De La Rosa. And yeah, I think I would have liked to see Avila get a bonus as well. Yeah, if we're, I'm, uh, I'm not sorry to cut you off, Bill, but I'm not mad at the picks either. Yeah, neither am I. If they were going to do a fight of the night for me, it was uh, Andre Feely and Charles Jordan. Um, that, that was a fun one, but I, I like that they decided to say like, there were so many great finishes. We want to reward them. We're not going to do the traditional by the book. Um, you know, sometimes it doesn't play well for the fighters that the UFC kind of makes up their rules as they go along. But, you know, sometimes, you know, people get an extra 50 grand that didn't know they were going to get that. So that's awesome. But just a, what a, what a spectacular card, Jeff. And, and I hope, Everybody who is complaining about this, you know, shuts up in the future when, when these cards are announced, because we were talking about it last week, we were getting into a lot of these fights. And then, you know, the people that you don't know, they're the hungriest ones because they're the ones that are making 12 grand to show up. Uh, you know, 12 and 12 is the minimum, I believe right now. Um, and they, they need to perform well to provide for their families or to, to pay their bills or to pay their college loans or whatever they got going on, you know, especially in this day and age. Um, so I think people need to learn to trust the matchmakers a little bit. Sometimes you get a card that's stacked top to bottom and it just doesn't deliver. Um, but this card, man, Jeff, I'd have to say, you know, there have been good cards in the past that like, Oh wow. I, I never would have thought this card would be so good. But I, I think this is the best one in recent memory anyway for me, um, you, you know, where there were so many people complaining about it. And it was just it was just awesome from from start to finish. It was a great night of fights. Like I didn't want to I didn't want to stop watching a single fight here. Yeah, no, I agree with you, man. I, I would have loved to see more fights on this card. And, you know, Bill, so we talk a lot about good cards and some of those cards, you know, you kind of feel like they're they're supposed to be good because of the names on them. But this this one, because I think because, you know, it didn't have any too many names who we know off the top of our heads. You know, like you said, these guys, <clears throat> they're hungry. You know, they a lot of them have regular jobs in addition to fighting. So, you know, when they get that chance and they prove themselves, it's so awesome to see. Um, like, there, there are some fighters on here that I'd never heard of or seen before. And now I'm like, I'm going to keep an eye out for when I hear that name come up again. Like Julia Avlio, for example. I loved watching her go crazy in there. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like, just as an example, you know, next time I see that name, I'm definitely tuning in. Yeah, even if it's on YouTube, watching her key your boyfriend's car. <laughs> she She could probably make that exciting and interesting. She's, yeah. she's, she's got that it factor, the raging panda. And I think, um, <laughs> I think despite the unfortunate circumstances leading up to this, this car definitely benefited Marvin Vittori because here's a guy who probably should have been ranked already, you know, after losing a really close decision to the champion, you would think he'd be somewhere in the top 15 because otherwise, you know, that feel like, feel like that even takes away a little bit from the champion. Like he barely beat this guy and he's not even ranked. Um, so we got to get a ranking for Marvin Vittori. And I think there's some fun fights, uh, waiting for him. And yeah, Agapova was a, a big surprise star of oh, this yeah, card. Cool too, yeah. 
uh, you know, Marab, even Gustavo Lopez stepping up on two days notice and, and going the distance with a guy like Marab and, and still fighting right up to the end. Um, and uh, our buddy Mark Fellows is on here. He says, uh, standout performance is Agapova. Um, yeah, uh, we, we were just we were just saying that, Mark, so we agree. Um, Aguilera was another one. Um, yeah, so much positive came out of this after so much negative from the fan base <laughs> leading up to it. But, you know, that's to be expected. The, the, M- the MMA, uh, MMA fans tend to be a little – a little soft and sensitive. That's just the way it is. But you know, we, we love you guys anyway. Yeah, Bill, I, I have, uh, I'm not as nice about it. <laughs> 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 I think MMA fans are too fickle, man. We got just give it every fight a chance. Give it like a round and a half. Yeah. <laughs> I, I mean, I guess I get it. Like if, if say you're like a baseball fan and it's like, the Marlins are going to play the Rockies or something. And it's like two teams you don't root for. It's like, well, why am going to, why would I watch this game? And then you turn the game on and there's like eight home runs in the first inning. Um, that still wouldn't be exciting to me because baseball sucks. Yeah. But no, baseball <laughs> would have to be interesting for that <laughs> metaphor to work. <laughs> anyway, the question on everybody's mind, Jeff, is probably what I've been sipping on for the first 40 minutes of this show. I found this tequila, Jeff, and I got to tell you, it's a miracle. Is that what it's called? It's called Milagro. <laughs> which, nice. <laughs> can you translate for me? Yeah, it means a miracle in Spanish. Oh, okay. Uh, <laughs> well, that's fitting then because it's a miracle I found this tequila. So... The, the guy at the liquor store told me it's on Yeho, and I was like, what the fuck did you call me? Um, <laughs> <laughs> so this is a, <laughs> this is an aged tequila. So what they do is they basically take, you know, the regular silver tequila and they age it in oak barrels like you would do with a bourbon or something like that. And that kind of gives it like more of a yellowy color. It, it brings a lot of the the sweetness from the agave forward gives it kind of a kind of an oaky flavor. So this is a sipping tequila. Now, every time I bring up tequila, there's always uh, five out of 10 people will say like, Oh, I can't drink tequila. I, I get too crazy with it or I get really bad hangovers or I had a bad experience. And then when I dig a little deeper, it's always the bad experience was like, well, I did all these shots of Jose Cuervo in college and, it's like, all right, well, this is this is a totally different animal here because this is not something you do shots of. You know, uh, tequila is actually designed to be sipped, but for some reason, American culture has transformed it into like this thing that we need to do shots of and, and end up getting really sick and, and throwing up and getting bad hangovers. Um, and a low-quality tequila like a Jose Cuervo will have artificial sweeteners and, and all kinds of other chemicals and garbage in it. And that's why it makes you feel like shit the next day. A really good high quality tequila, like a Milagro or like a uh, Casamigos or a Don Julio, uh, you could put a bottle of that away, uh, you know, over the course of a Sunday afternoon and wake up fine for work the next day. I promise you. And, and that's not just coming from me because I don't, I don't get hangovers as you know, Jeff. Um, but even, even other people I know who get them really bad and and I turn them on to like a higher quality tequila and they can drink a lot of that and and feel fine the next day. You know, the, the problem is with the, the added sugars and the added sweeteners, you know, tequila is made from agave. So it's just like a natural plant. Um, so it's not going to mess you up, uh, the, the way like a lot of the, the sugary liquors will. And it, it's hard to tell too. Like you kind of have to know what you're putting in your body. And, and here, like the FDA doesn't require like ingredients or anything like that on liquor. So you just kind of have to know, you know, what you're getting, but I like this one, Jeff, it's got like a, it's got like a smooth, uh, like little bit of a hint of vanilla up front. And then you get the agave sweetness and a little bit of oakiness uh, from the wood that it's aged in. And then it, it finishes with a little bit of spice. Um, I wouldn't mix this with anything, but you could do like a nice spicy margarita with it. Uh, but I would use a, a silver tequila for that. But uh, it's it's a uh, good sipping. 
Uh, I've been really into tequila lately because summertime, it's nice, uh, nice light drink to sip on. Any thoughts? Yeah, no, it sounds good. It sounds pretty balanced too. I like that. Definitely, I'm gonna, I'm definitely gonna have to try some of that when when I get down there, Bill. Yeah, man. Um, I, I got a couple of other ones, but we'll we'll take it a, a week at a time. I've been I've been getting really into the aged, uh, aged tequila. Don't be an añejo, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> Bill, when you said añejo, I thought you meant my cousin. <laughs> Is that his name? No. <laughs> <laughs> that was part of a joke. He's just an a-hole. <laughs> All right. Oh man. We got another fun card next week, Jeff. I'm really excited for this one. There's some really fun fights. UFC on ESPN 11. This one's gonna be at the Apex as well. The main event. Two guys that definitely don't get enough credit for putting on exciting fights. Curtis Blades and Alexander Volkov and I don't know, man. I don't know which way to go with this one. Um, you know, Volkov is a guy who's super technical with his striking for a big guy. Um, you know, he's got good takedown defense, uh, but Curtis Blades, you know, may have some of the best wrestling in the heavyweight division. Um, you know, and and his only kryptonite seems to be Francis Ngannou in fights that have controversial endings. We had a cut and we had a, you know, possibly an early TKO stoppage. Um, but this is a fun main event, man. I'm, I'm gone back and forth with it a couple of times in my head. And of course, you know, with the pandemic and everything, you don't know what kind of training camp these guys have had and, and whatever else, whatever other craziness they've been dealing with. Um, give me your thoughts on this main event here. Bill. I'm super excited for this fight, man. Um, Curtis Blades, always a really tough dude. Um, <clears throat> mixes it up really well. Can show that he can finish people on the feet. Uh, you know, his wrestling credentials are there. And Alexander Volkov, you know, a sturdy guy, very durable. Um, great, great work on the feet. Um, I'm really excited for that one, man. That That's one of those heavyweight fights that I think we haven't seen in a while, man. Um you know, don't get me wrong. I always get excited when Francis and Ganu fights, but dude, uh, Blades versus Volkov. This is one you definitely don't want to miss. And they're going for five rounds. I don't think it's going to last that long, but it's definitely going to be exciting to watch. Yeah, I mean, these guys aren't really known for uh, you, you know going to decision. And I'll always feel bad for Volkov for that Derek Lewis fight, man, where he beat the shit out of Derek Lewis for four minutes and 48 seconds. And then right at the end of the fight, Derek Lewis just pulls a punch out of his ass and <laughs> knocks Volkov out. Um, I mean, <laughs> yeah, he had it, man. <laughs> you gotta love Derek Lewis. I mean, he's hilarious. He's entertaining for the most part in there, but Volkov, man, put on like the, put on like a striking clinic and just, battered Derek Lewis for, for almost for almost 25 minutes. I hate to laugh, but um you know you gotta see the you gotta see the satire in all of that. Um but yeah awesome and then co-main event somebody's going to sleep in this one Jeff Josh Emmett and Shane Burgos. Um the, these guys both have firecrackers in their hands uh both like way more power than than men their size should have. Uh, and this is going to be an awesome fight. Um, you know, fight of the night potential. Both of these guys like to slug it out. Um, you know, Josh Emmett likes to throw the big bombs, but he's patient with them. You know, he likes to pick his spots. Um, and we've seen, we've seen Shane Burgos become a lot more patient as well, especially, uh, in his recent fights, uh, his last fight against Makwan Amerikani, uh, there was a lot of pent up aggression in that fight between those two guys. And, you know, he stayed patient, wound up getting that TKO in the third round. Um, and then a big win over Cub Swanson before that, um, you know, Josh Emmett has had a lot of problems, you know, breaking his hand and, and things like that. And then, he had that big knockout loss to, I want to say it was Jeremy Stevens. Yeah, uh, I think it might have been him. I think you're right. 
Yeah, but then he bounced back with the big knockout over Michael Johnson and then another knockout over Masad Bektik in his last fight, which was almost a year ago. Uh, so I don't know what's been going on with Josh Hammett, but both these guys are always exciting to watch. Really fun strikers. Um, so that that should be a good fight. Give me your thoughts, Jeff. Dude, I'm excited. I, you know, Josh Emmett is someone who brings it every time he's in there, man. Um, you know, he he doesn't go to decisions a lot either. And uh, like you said, a lot of power in his hands. Uh, both of these guys have a lot of power when you consider that they're in one of the lighter weight classes where, you know, guys are more uh, about grinding out fights and stuff. And Shane Burgos is a tough guy too, man. You can never count him out. Um, you know, he's able to really, really uh, control his emotions and we have seen him come back from some very very tough opponents you know where he was losing fights and was just able to get the finish um one of his more recent fights i can't remember who it was against but i think he was losing like two rounds to and then in the third round was able to get a finish um somebody would have to look that up because i can't remember off the top of my head but um yeah, dude, this fight's definitely going to be good. For me, I think this has fight of the night or at least uh, some type of bonus written all over it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man. If you want to talk about uh, potential fight of the night, I'm going to jump around the card a little bit here. Uh, this is the main event in my book, and it's Frank Camacho against Matt Steamroller Frivola. Uh, these two guys are both warriors, man. I was really excited when I heard this matchup announced a couple of weeks ago. Uh, Camacho is a guy who goes in there and he's looking to knock you out. And if he gets knocked out in the process, okay. Cause that's how he fights. Um, you know, he's in there to get the finish. And if he gets finished, uh, in the process, he's like, all right, well, you know, I guess you got me. And Matt Frivola, man, this guy, he's never had a boring fight. I, I mean, his style, I, I still say to this day that him versus Lando Venata is one of the craziest fights I've ever seen in my life. Um, you know, people always ask this question on social media. Like if you had to show somebody a fight to introduce them to MMA that, you know, they've never seen a fight before, I would show them that one. Be like, look, nobody won this fight, but it didn't fucking matter. <laughs> uh, and of course, uh, Frivola is com- coming off the awesome fight uh, with Luis Pena in his last bout uh, um, that was here in Tampa. And uh, I promise you guys, I'm not just high on Frivola because he's my buddy. Uh, I think he he genuinely has a really exciting style. Um, and I think you're going to see fireworks in this fight because both of these guys go for broken there. Um, so yeah, this is, I'm really excited for this one, Jeff. Maybe we'll do a, maybe we'll do a brawl crawl for this one and, and watch this one live with the folks. Um, I'm, I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be nervous for this one, but it's like a good nervous. I'm, I'm really excited for a good fight here. Give me your thoughts. Yeah, dude, Matt Frivola, um, super exciting fighter to watch. And as soon as you said his name, I was thinking about his fight with Lando Venato, man. Um, like you said, he doesn't put on boring fights and Matt Frivola is durable, man. He can go as many rounds as he needs to, um, you know, really, really good everywhere. Um, especially grappling. So I'm excited for this one. Like you said, Frank Camacho, it's do or die, man. He's going to go out either with his shield or on his shield. So super exciting fighter to watch. Um, Bill, I'm looking at this card from top to bottom here, and this one looks like it's going to deliver as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's there's not a bad matchup on here. We got – I'll go – here, here, I'll read you the rest of the card, Jeff, and you tell me what you're looking forward to. And, of course, uh, we'll acknowledge Mark Fellows here as well, saying that he saw Camacho fight live against Damian Brown uh, in Sydney, and that, that guy's a real savage. And, yeah, that was an awesome fight. Um, we got we got Raquel Pennington and Marion Renault. I think that's a really fun fight. Uh, Lyman Good and Bilal Muhammad, two contrasting styles there, but – you know, we've seen Lyman Good survive against really spectacular grapplers in the past. We got Roosevelt Roberts making a really quick turnaround, just fought two weeks ago. He's going to get in there with Jim Miller. Um, no easy task for anybody, especially after fighting just two weeks ago. But Roosevelt Roberts, a really exciting prospect. Clay Guida and Bobby Green. This is a matchup I would have never thought of. It's like the fight I never knew I needed in my life. Um, this is a fantastic matchup you have the relentless 
vicious striking of Bobby Green against the relentless, vicious wrestling of Clay Guida, uh, who, you, you know, is probably on the third incarnation of his career where he's gone through <laughs> these phases and, and, and just comes back like better and, and, and doesn't, you know, doesn't seem to age. Uh, Brianna Van Buren and Tisha Torres. That's going to be a fun fight for the women, uh, straw weights, I believe. Uh, Mark Andre Barriot and Oscar Pichota. Uh, that should be a fun one. Jillian Robertson, Courtney Casey. We already talked about Frank Camacho, Matt Frivola. Uh, definite potential for fight of the night there. Then we got another friend of the show, Roxanne Mataferi and Laura Murphy, two veterans getting in there going after it. Uh, and then Austin Hubbard against my card here that I'm looking at says unknown fighter. <laughs> so that could be anybody, Jeff. This could be like the Royal Rumble. We don't know who's – maybe they don't <laughs> announce somebody until they- <laughs> um bill i'm looking at wikipedia and it says that uh it's going to be austin hubbard versus joe selecki okay maybe it will maybe it won't maybe it'll be bj penn who knows we'll see <laughs> we won't know until they come out of the curtain jeff <laughs> uh so well, what's catching your eye besides what we brought up with the Maine, Colmain, and uh, Frivola, Camacho. What's jumping out at you here? Oh, man, Bill, I, I got like three fights that I really, really like here. Um, definitely, uh, I'm really looking forward to Raquel Pennington versus Marion Renault. That is a really good fight. I think they match up really well. Both very well-rounded fighters. Lyman Good versus Bilal Muhammad looks awesome. Jim Miller versus Roosevelt Roberts. I'm excited for that one. Uh, I like Roxanne Modafferi versus Lauren Murphy, too. Um you know, that one's going to be really good. But, man, um, yeah, so I got a couple of fights here, dude. Um, <clears throat> all of these look really good. I like these matchups. Uh, Jim Miller versus Roosevelt Roberts especially, I think, for me, is going to end up with somebody getting a bonus, if not both fighters getting a bonus. Um, Bill, but this card is looking stacked, man. I'm really excited now. Yeah, yeah. Um Top, top to bottom. This is this one's awesome. This is really spectacular matchmaking here. Um, I think there's so many fun fights. Uh, for me, I'll pick the uh, Lyman Good Bilal Muhammad. I think it's going to be really fun. But I think uh, I I think one that's just going to be wild is Clay Guida Bobby Green. Like I don't see oh, yeah. like those guys. You know, aggressive wrestling versus aggressive striking. Uh, it, it's like which one is going to cave first um so that's that's a really fun one man this card is so good i know like i'm even looking at that this tisha torres fight looks good uh courtney casey versus jillian robertson yeah man this is fun and, and it's got a lot to live up to because you know not a lot whole lot of star power here um you know jim miller clay guida probably the biggest names on the on the card um and we had this last card that like everybody was like, oh, I don't know any of these people. And then it was awesome. Uh, so hopefully we'll have something similar here. Um, yeah, man. That's all I got. You got anything else you want to get off your chest here? No, dude, this this fight looks awesome. And then we have Poirier versus Dan Hooker coming up. That's going to be good. Uh, that's another oh, yeah. card coming up, which we can look at uh, probably next week. But, dude. Bill, I think we're getting spoiled, man. I mean, is it bad that that you know I'm okay with quarantine if we keep getting fights like like fight cards like this? Yeah, man. Um, that it it's been awesome. I I think especially with the smaller cage, it makes things interesting. And then we have you know the infamous fight island is coming up, uh, so we'll get to see what that looks like. You know, the UFC embedded should be really fun with that. Uh, where they're taking everybody to an island just off of Abu Dhabi. Um, yeah, it'll be like Lost, but with more violence. <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. More violence and less polar bears. <laughs> um, I only ever watched the first season of Lost. I've I, never watched it all. After that, it I was lost. Um, <laughs> <laughs> in any case, I don't know what we're gonna do next week. Maybe we'll be live for. For some of these fights, maybe not. I don't know. I, I, I'm not big. I'm not a big planner, as you guys may have figured out. But um, 
in any case, if you guys haven't already, thank you to uh, everybody who has purchased an MMA on the Rocks t-shirt. They are available for sale now over the top and under the influence. So if you happen to find yourself often as one of those things or both of those things, then uh, this is a great t-shirt for you. So you can find the link. Uh, it's the pinned tweet on my Twitter at MMA on the Rocks, and it is in the bio of my Instagram at MMA on the Rocks. So you can find it. That's the easiest way to get it there. Um, our friends over at Rip Life One Team Reaper put these shirts together. They're a local printing company. Everything's made here in the good old United States of America. Uh, T-shirts are, are super comfortable. And, uh, you know, if you guys want to support the show, that's a great way. Uh, another awesome way you can support the show is to leave us a review wherever you happen to be watching or listening. Uh, leave us comments on YouTube. Uh, give the thumbs up. Share the episode. Let people know about us. And, uh, you know, that really helps us out a lot more than you know. Uh, so thanks to everybody for tuning in wherever you happen to be watching or listening. We appreciate all of you guys. Please continue to be good to each other. Uh, I know I don't have to tell you guys this, um, but ju just be good to each other out there. And and hopefully we'll start to see a turnaround with uh, with all the craziness going on out there. Um, uh, I, I want to see everybody being safe and uh, hear good things. I want to hear what you're thinking and drinking out there. I want to hear that you're doing things that are unsafe or, or finding yourself in precarious situations. So if you want to get a hold of Jeff, you can do so at animal underscore Wilson, Twitter and Instagram. You guys know how to get a hold of me. It's at MMA on the rocks everywhere else. You can send me an email MMA on the rocks, gmail.com. Uh, we love interacting and hearing from you guys and uh, suggestions, how we can make the show better. And, and you know what you guys are drinking during the fights, all that good stuff. All right. That's all we got until next time. Cheers, everybody. Goodbye.